Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Grant and Danny on the fan at 3.30 when Logan Paulson joins us. Played in San Francisco when Adam Peters was there. Haven't had a chance to talk to him about the new GM. Also played for Dan Quinn in Atlanta. He's going to be interviewing again with Washington early next week. Looking forward to that combo. But when he joins us at 3.30, we're going to give away tickets to go see the Capitals. So make sure you're listening at that time. Kick off your future with the law firm of Condorian Murad. They'll help protect your assets, update your will and trust. Schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys. You can visit kmlawyers.com. Dot com and mention the show to score yourself a discount. That's kmlawyers.com. We are one week exactly away from our big live event at Bethesda Theater, 106.7 The Fan, and the Team 980 on stage all together. Going to be a good time. It is going to be a hoot. Bethesdatheater.com for those tickets. All the folks together. Uh, we were talking to our boss yesterday about this, actually on air. A- I'm kind of roasting everybody to start the show. Uh, it's called stand-up, but it's really I'm just making fun of everyone at the station. Then we're going to have all these different pairings and different groups that you don't normally see together, arguing, debating, talking trash, behind-the-scenes stories, topics, the whole nine yards. These things are really cool, and they will sell out, so go to BethesdaTheater.com. The whole thing is presented by Main Street Bank, Cheer Local, Bank Local. Uh, we will be giving away one final pair of tickets to the event, by the way, today, uh, which is cool. We're going to do that at four in one hour ahead of the Beltway Blitz. So make sure you're listening if you want those tickets and you want to try to avoid having to buy them at Bethesda Theater's uh, site. But go check out my tweet from yesterday. Just a couple tweets down if you want to get tickets. Uh, they are available right now. They're selling quickly. Shane's in Virginia. Wanted to give his prediction pie on the coaching search. What's up, Shane? Hey, what's going on, Commander Danny and uh, Chilling Grant? Hey, buddy. How y'all doing today on a beautiful Friday? Yeah, man. Doing good, pal. Hey, look, I think it's going to be Ben Johnson, number one, and number two, Dan Quinn. And you got to throw in McDonald, but after that, who cares? Like, I, I, if it ain't those three, why bring them here? So, you know, that's my input. Hey, I got a question for you guys real quick. Sure. So you guys are going out to eat tonight for Italian, right? So my question is, what's the go-to on the menu? Like, what are you getting tonight for at the, one of the best Italian places in Georgetown? This is so, great. This is a good to? point. Yeah, when you go to, it's Philomena's, like this legendary restaurant in Washington, D.C. It's over in Georgetown. We're going out for our big special show dinner tonight. Everyone's going to throw a dress shirt on, and we're going to go out and enjoy ourselves. I personally, I'm a, I'm a big, like, penny pasta guy. Mm-hmm, so I'm going to get some type of penny pasta dish, I would think. For me, I get more excited for the appies. I want some type of like 
Arancini meatball, uh, uh, Arancini balls, or like a meatball, something like that. Uh, I'm, I find myself thinking about the bread and the butter a lot. That's one of the Rightly things so, yeah. I've been considering all the Diet Cokes I'm going to consume as well. So th- everything adds up to the meal. You know what I mean? It's not just an entree thing for me. So I have not been. I, I was actually uh, telling Rhino this earlier. I realized I haven't been there in 15 years. That's which lot. is unbelievable. Like you just sort of you know add it up. And go, was I? I was there with my grandparents. Like which is just sort of forever ago. Um, they have a couple dishes there that I just think are beyond world class. Uh, there's a chicken vodka ravioli, which is. Out of this world. It's like stupid good. Uh, they got their house-made sausage uh, with rigatoni. That's one of my favorite dishes. I've had both those things. So those are probably the things I'm thinking about. But it's basically, if, do, does this dish have a pasta? Which I deny myself all the time. And I want constantly. Does it have a meat? Does it have a tomato-based kind of sauce? If the answer is yes to those things, I'm in. And I'm intrigued. I just want everybody to have a good time. I hope both teams uh, have fun. And I want everyone to eat until they need to be, like, pushed out the front door. I just saw that in the group chat you guys threw in here, the Nationals are getting new uniforms for this season. Now, is this an alt-uni, or is this going to be the new go-to uniform for the Nationals? They just tweeted this within the last few minutes. And by the way, they made the right decision here. The model of the new uniforms is Stone Garrett. Oh, man. Because, of course, it is. Like, Good Who, who else would you have wear those uniforms? If you'd like me to see the uniform, don't put Stone Garrett in it. But this was from eight minutes ago. I'm going to tweet this out for you. Look at his eyes. But they are basically going with what I'm going to call. I don't mean this. I'm not belittling here. That I kind of like it. Very basic. Very kind of clean. The font is all caps and almost like... Um, I don't know. You, you you could find this if you're scrolling on Microsoft Word, basically. Okay. But there's like no space between the letters, and it's very boxy. And it's just going to be Washington right across the front with the Nike emblem, and the number down around the left rib cage. On the second uniform, though, which I think is badass, they've got like a navy blue two tone look on the sleeve with white jersey. It almost looks more like, uh, I, I would say almost like a like a practice spring training type look because they've got the capital emblem behind the block W that they like to use with the DC stars. So this is not their main home uniform. I'm going to assume that they'll wear these a bunch, but that it won't be their main Jersey. I don't think the other one's gray though, which tells me it would be the road. Yeah, The gray is the new, that looks like a new road gray. Maybe this is the, 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 the one with the capital and the block W and the DC stars and the, the two-tone look with the navy blue sleeve. Oh, maybe that's their new home jersey. Man. Oh, okay. That is that is certainly a jersey. That's something that someone could wear if they wanted to. That's for a baseball game. Yeah, like a major league baseball game for, uh, the, for the major league baseball. Not team like a, not like an eighth grader wearing a shooting shirt before a basketball practice. That that is a that's a tough jersey. First observation: me. Stone Garrett is very muscular. Second Agreed is. There. I like them. The grays are sweet. I like I like that look of the gray. As you said, it's clean, it's simple, which is what we should be doing. Uh, that pullover shirt that's not a baseball uniform because baseball uniforms have buttons on the front and you know there's kind of a style well, that it's I, always this, been. This has buttons. It's a bad angle. It's kind of from the side, so you can't see it. That definitely is a jersey. It has buttons. No, it's a pullover. It's a pullover jersey. Yeah. Are you seeing it from the front somewhere? Uh, the, the picture I'm looking at looks uh, like a Bobby button. Blanco has additional pictures of it. Yeah, this is from Scott Allen of the Washington Post. The Nationals are adding a pullover jersey to their uniform set this season. I'm looking at that pullover. 
Okay, that I haven't seen. Let me pull that up. I'll, show, I'll try, turn, the, turn my thing around. You'll see Stone Garrett's muscles in this also. See, there's Stone Garrett's muscles. Then you look up here, and you'll notice there's no buttons on the front. It's just a pullover wow. shirt kind of thing. I think it's a good-looking jersey. The fact that there's no buttons is very odd, I would say. Yeah. But it's probably lightweight. Probably comfortable for the lads. Yeah. Yeah. I need to figure this. I'm, I'm already having to conf- like text a lot of people during this show. I now have to figure out, are these their real jerseys? Or are these just... You know how teams do this all the time. They probably are just telling you. If they were like the fourth Sunday of the year exactly. or three times, whatever. Not they came out with their uh, City Slicker jerseys. What mm-hmm. do they call those? Street Smart City, City Connect. Slicker, City Connect. Streetwise Connections. And it was basically like pink flowers everywhere, and it was very pretty, and it was lovely. Those were good looking. Okay, so here's from the Scott Allen story. The pullover, which will be part of the team's five uniform wardrobe during the regular season, is white with navy blue sleeves and the capital W on the left chest, blah, blah, blah. So part of a five-jersey ro- rotation. But there's still a big difference between you're going to wear this three times and you're going to wear this 23 times. Yeah. I hope the navy blues just become the primary look that they wore all the way through all the way through the World Series. I love the navies. I thought that was as good a look as they probably had. And I'm into the to the City Connect jerseys, even with, even with all the pink. It's actually a great look, that uh, that old-school gray. Well, the, that's their... The, alter, the alternate one. Yeah, like their prettiest jersey. I yeah. mean, that's a beautiful. I bought a Juan Soto one of those when they first came out. He doesn't play here anymore, so I don't really get to wear What that. do you do with that? It hangs in my closet. And it just hangs up. Every other jersey I have that isn't any longer for a player that's in this city. Mm. Uh, but I, I just posted this. Uh, if you want to go check it out, at Grant H. Paulson. I'm going to give the gray basic. Clean jersey, a six and a half out of ten. I'll give the other one. Now, the, the pullover part bothers me, but the actual look of it, I'll give that a seven and a half out of ten. And that is before seeing it be worn. Because I do think that changes a lot. Like, for the commander's jerseys, as an example, this, you know, the, the white jersey that they like to wear that I still picture Carson Wentz in for some reason. Yeah. Like that, the little mesh snake. Good association there. Numbers, you know. <laughs> uh, that looked awful on the mannequin. And then when I saw them wearing it on the field, I didn't love it, but it looked a lot better. So I need to see it used in a baseball match. The new grays, 8 out of 10 carbohydrates for me. Solid, clean. It's what it should look like. The pullover T-shirt jersey thing, two with maybe some upside. Uh, this is not a baseball jersey. Because of the pullover part. That's a major part of it. You don't, you don't, the optics don't really bother you. I, I don't love that either. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. All right. But it's more of like I want to. I like baseball jerseys, like for baseball. That's what you prefer. Yeah, that's what I'd say if you're giving me a preference. Let's talk about football jerseys. Indeed. Last segment, we were ranking the top five, uh, top four quarterbacks left in the final four in the NFL in terms of who you trust the most to do the right thing this weekend. Let's talk head coaches now. Two games, three o'clock Chiefs Ravens, six thirty Lions 49ers. Same algorithm here. Mm-hmm. So if you're just joining us. Don't be writing letters to the editor screaming that we're ranking, you know, a coach over someone who's better that had more success. This is simply who do we trust to get their team across the finish line with a win most to last this weekend. Danny, you go first. Kyle Shanahan, number one seed. He's been there before. He knows what to do. If he's got healthy players, he wins the football game. That's pretty much been the case over the last several seasons. They're mostly healthy. Debo Samuel trending in the right direction. 
limited yesterday, didn't practice Wednesday. Uh, I think they will run circles around Detroit's defense, who has punched above their weight class a little bit here lately. They're now leveling up weight classes, and I think San Francisco has their way, and Kyle will have a great game plan. John Harbaugh for me. I think there's a chance. Blowout might be strong, but that they beat the Chiefs handily. I talked about this a few days ago. I'm just not as high right now on Kansas City as it seems like everybody else is. I think that's a lifetime achievement award where the assumption is this is what they do. It's the AFC Championship game. They're just going to find a way. And maybe that argument will hold some water. I just don't see it. I think they're banged up on defense. They're under-talented on offense. And they're about to run into a buzzsaw. One of the best teams we've seen in years defensively in the Baltimore Ravens on the road. Give me John Harbaugh as the number one coach I'm most confident in. He's been here before. He has coached in and won a Super Bowl. Uh, name the other coaches this weekend. It's him and Andy Reid, man. The, the, of the four like that have gone and done the thing and have hardware, uh, Harbaugh's done it. He's been there. He's got the pelts on the wall. And I believe he's got the best team to make him look good. And that's a big part of my ranking here, so I'll put him number one. The debate at number two comes down to probably Reed or Shanahan, first blush. And, and the task for Andy Reid is just larger. I think that you are, as an underdog, unlike Kyle Shanahan, needing more stars to align that are out of your control with health. Kyle, the only built block in his way might be if, if he doesn't have Debo Samuel, has to throw a bunch of pages of his very, very successful playbook out. But I still, for the reasons you mentioned, I think he'll design a nice script, get Purdy going quickly. It's a bad Detroit defense. They give up a lot of chunks in the passing game. All of these things bode well for Shanahan to get San Francisco late into the fourth quarter in position to get a win. My two-seed is Andy Reid. And I don't know that Kansas City wins this game, but they probably shouldn't even be here in the first place. This is the worst team that they've had in this Mahomes-Reid era. And you wake up, they're in the AFC title game with as good a chance as any. Three-and-a-half-point dogs on the road against, admittedly, a better team in every single facet, maybe save quarterback, on paper. But I think Andy Reid will have them competitive, have this game closer than probably it should be. Kansas City will have a chance to win, and it's going to be maybe his best coaching job since being in Kansas City. This is not news, but it is pretty incredible when you start to look at the all-time coaching lists now and where he is on every single list that's out there in terms of wins and playoff success and Super Bowls. I mean, Andy Reid is just climbing. It's basically like Belichick. And Reed over the last 50 years, and if you account for everybody, he's right there. It's going to be hard not to argue against him being one of the great coaches ever. All right, finish your top four then. So number three is John Harbaugh, who I like a lot. This is sort of, you give him the average uh, NFL group, he'll overachieve more so than almost every other coach in the NFL. This week, though, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they can make that on-the-fly adjustment if you know if their bully ball type offense isn't working initially or if they get down by a couple of touchdowns. I think he'll do fine. I think he's a really good coach, but I don't know that that elaborate bag of tricks you know, that you can sort of throw out and start scribbling players on the whiteboard. That's really not his style or what he does. So I like him a lot. I'd love him to be the head coach here, for example. But this weekend, number three. I just always think he makes the right decisions, it seems like. And I don't mean that they always work, mm-hmm. but – do we kick her to punt? Do we go for a fourth down? Do we break out the onside kick? Do we fake a punt here? I just like their timing of things. They're a super analytical organization, and he really, it seems to me like, grasps that well. I've always been impressed by him. Uh, number three for me is going to be Reed. The matchup's bad. 
it's going to be hard for him to design offense to get Kansas City to 27 or 30 points. I just view the Ravens' defense as a juggernaut. I think it's as close to mission impossible as you're going to get if you're Andy Reid, but I give him a chance, and I don't think he... He's not the kind of guy that's going to cost you dearly in a big game. There was a time maybe early in his career in Philadelphia, clock management or you know game management, whatever it was, you could probably find times where that happened. I think we're past that. I do too. Which leads me to number four, Dan Campbell, who I do think has done an exceptional job. I'm not pulling a Danny Huey here and, and pummeling Dan Campbell, but there's a little bit of that gunslinger, I want everyone to know that we do our own thing vibe that he gives off. And you've referenced the decision you hated, but this is a great example of it. When they were playing the Cowboys mm-hmm. and they went for the two to win the game, which was the correct call, I loved it. They get screwed by a terrible officiating blunder. They go for two again after that. Fine. Then there's a penalty. They call a penalty on them again and they move them back to the seven-yard line. And then he he's now just decided, hell or high water, we're getting into the end zone. And despite all the numbers saying don't do this, despite every analytic he could tap into, it's now a terrible idea, sir. Like, everyone's telling you, don't do this, man. I think if they would have gotten three more penalties and it would have been, you're now at the 19-yard line, he would have just gone, go for it, boys. And his logic after the game was, I told the guys if we scored, we were going to try to win, as if things hadn't changed and you couldn't have gone back to them or you would have had to explain it because they would have just said, I get it, man. We weren't at the two-yard line anymore. But whatever that is, I don't think that's leaving before this weekend, and that's why it's fourth to me. Agreed on all fronts. Um, I think he's done a great job this year. I think he's the exact right person to make them believe that they belong. Right? Detroit has had this little brother complex forever to other you know major cities in, in, in the country, whether it's Chicago or or otherwise, and they haven't felt like they've deserved nice things. And he's basically you know put his you know what's on the line and said you know follow me into the breach and we're going to do it. And that's been the personality. He doesn't belong. He's fourth out of four and a distant fourth out of four this weekend. This ride is coming to an end. All right. I need a game show music theme from you, Darius, very briefly. Playing the game with me right now is going to be Danny Rubio. No. Danny. It'll be fun. Come on. Don't forget, you're eating Italian later tonight. It's going to be a great day. I am going to assign a cash money earnings value for the calendar year 2023. You will tell me which remaining quarterback made that amount of money. I've got four values. There are okay. four quarterbacks left. Can I write down the numbers? Is that okay? I'm going to give them to you right now. You don't need to write them down. I'm yeah, gonna... but I have ADD. I'll forget the I'm numbers. I'm going to give them to you one at a time. Oh, okay. I see. That's how we're going to do okay, it. Okay, yeah. So there are four quarterbacks. All right. They are Goff and Purdy and Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. And we're going to go through yep. the, the, the cash money made this year. Okay. Including endorsements ready? or just talking about cap numbers? This is on their contract. Okay. How much cash did they make this season? All right, here we go. All right. Who made $59.4 million this year in cash into their bank account from their employer? Mahomes. You are correct. I got that one right, doll, for real. Who made $80 million this year in cash? Into their bank account, $80 million in cash earnings this year. $80 million? No. Shtick guess. Nobody? Because that's ridiculous. All right. Um, Lamar Jackson? 
Should be downhill sledding at this point. Here we go. The tricky one was the 59. Yeah. Who made $25.9 million in cash? The this praying year? mantis. That would be Jared Goff. Yeah. Who made $870,000 this That's year? That's pretty good value right there. $870,000. Very different than $80 million. Old Brox and Purdy did it. I nailed that one. Ladies and gentlemen, four for four. Yeah. Danny Ruye. I'm obviously so good at game shows for real. I work on them with Trav and Coach Reed. Logan Paulson joins us next. We did track down Brian Baldinger. He has been rescheduled for 6 o'clock. Would have been heartbreaking not to talk to Baldy. That's our guy. He'll get us fired up going into the weekend at 6 right here on The Fan. The Fan in D.C., in Richmond, and wherever you are on the Odyssey app. Welcome back. Caller number 10 at 800-636-1067. Congrats. You're winning two tickets to see the Capitals Tuesday, February 6th against the Canadians for tickets in the complete Capitals schedule. Go to thefandc.com slash contests, courtesy of the Washington Capitals, your last chance to win a pair of tickets to this game this week. On Grant and Danny, we are still giving away ticks to our event a week from tonight on Friday at Bethesda Theater on February 2nd, live on stage, all your favorite personalities and shows from both of the sports talk stations in town under the Odyssey umbrella. We're giving those tickets away in a half hour at 4 o'clock, so make sure you're listening. Let's go to the BetQL guest hotline. Welcome onto the show, our buddy Logan Paulson. Uh, Logan, there's a lot of ground we got to cover with you, but I just want to start with we have not talked to you since Adam Peters was hired. You were in San Francisco. You knew him a little bit from when you were there. What do you think about the new GM? I mean, I'm totally ecstatic about the Adam Peters hire. I think everybody in the NFL is, you know, anyone you talk to is like, he's a great guy. And if you have, uh, if you have an opportunity to meet with him and talk with him, you just realize he's such a, such a professional, such a good person. And I think really understands the art of talent evaluation at the highest level. So I'm ecstatic that he's here. I think it's, it's a great first step for the new ownership group to, to make such a dynamic hire. What about that San Francisco operation is portable? In other words, like it's, we always say, like, go get the, the, the number two from a great organization and bring them over. What sort of lessons and sort of, I don't know, kind of those best practices could they bring here? Well, I think the first and then probably most important thing is you got a guy that is renowned for his talent evaluation, his ability to just identify quality athletes and people that fit systems. And how do you identify people that fit systems is you have an excellent relationship with the head coach, the position coaches, the coaching staff in general, and you guys communicate at a high level. And when I think about my time it was one year in San Francisco, 2017, the communication between Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, and Adam Peters was at the highest level. And you could really see that in what the team looks like now, this playoff contending San Francisco team. It's a team that is really made in Kyle Shanahan's vision and understanding of football. Like, they're a physical, tough team. The receivers are a specific type. The linebackers look a certain way. The defensive line is built in a certain way. And that's all coming not because of the talent ID, but the talent ID in a very specific way to fit the vision of the, of the head coach. And I think that operation, because you've got a guy who's very talented in that area, um, is very portable. And he understands the importance of communication. He understands the importance that while he is the guy that makes all the football decisions, the team is the coach's team and how to empower and, and give the coach what he needs to make a good, uh, a good roster and a good product on the field. So I think all those things are transferable at the highest level, and now it's just about the execution uh, here in Washington. 
Logan Paulson on Grant and Danny here on the fan. All right, Logan, let's talk head coaching candidates. First of all, what's your guess as to what happens? I mean, I think, you know, this is, I'm sure everybody's guess, it's Ben Johnson right now. There just seems to be so much smoke around the relationship between uh, Ben Johnson and Adam Peters and the interest of the, of the new ownership group to hire Ben Johnson. And quite frankly, I think he's been the, the number one coaching candidate in this coaching cycle. Last year, I thought it was maybe a year too early. This year feels like just right, especially, you know, as the, as the Lions work their way deep in the playoffs. And every week when you watch that team, you get to see football innovation at the highest level, which is always exciting. But, you know, I think you're starting to hear stories now about his ability to relate to players, his ability to lead men. And those stories, um, you know, while somewhat self-serving, I'm sure, I think indicate that this is a guy that's, that's fully ready for the job and fully ready for the opportunity. So to me, that's the guy I think I've got circled as, as my, if I was going to put money on it, that'd be the guy I'd be betting on. Uh, but you never know, because like in some of these interviews, someone could impress and then run away with it in a way that, uh, that we on the outside are not expecting. So. We'll get back to Ben Johnson's offense and kind of what you've studied and liked about it, why it's special in a moment. I know, though, you played with Dan Quinn. We've talked in the past. Yeah. You're a big Dan Quinn guy in terms of him as a, a coach, a human. Uh, so you tell me. I mean, why, why do you love Dan Quinn, and why do people like him so much? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when I heard Dan Quinn was in the co- was was up and being interviewed for this job, I just think there there couldn't be a better person for that role. You know, and what I mean by that is just when I was with him in Atlanta, like he made this work environment that was so exciting. Every day was such an exciting opportunity to come to work. You wanted to be in the building. You were all moving in the right direction. And that's him. That's how he addressed the players. That's him, how he empowered his coaching staff. And I it just, I never had so much fun playing football as I did um, from a head coaching standpoint, as I did when I was in Atlanta. And so he deserves a ton of credit for that. I think he's got a great vision for um, kind of how to build a culture. I also think he understands some of his shortcomings and some of his failings from, from his time in Atlanta. And I think he's ready to kind of have an opportunity to fix that. So I know a lot of people are really excited about Ben Johnson, offensive coach, all those different things. But I think it's important for, for fans and people outside of that process to understand that the head coach has to be a motivator and a manager at the highest level. And I think Dan Quinn brings that. I think he also brings innovative, innovative football. And I think when you look at his resume, think about how bad the Cowboys defense was the year before he got there. And, and in, in an off season, it transitioned. It was a lot of the same players. And the thing that's different is obviously the scheme, but obviously creating that bind with the players, creating the relationship with the players. And you're really not going to find a head coach, in my opinion, that I've played for that does a better job of that. Logan, what were those? You said that there were some failings and shortcomings. That's with everybody, I'm sure. Well, what were yeah. those things that were kind of hangups for him that, that he could have improved? Well, I think the thing when you talk to him about it is he's very aware that, you know, like after he kind of transitioned to a more managerial head coaching role and Kyle Shanahan left, he, he kind of thought the system was transferable, but he didn't realize kind of how having that dynamic coordinator, um, you know, the dynamic DC, you know, he's the dynamic DC prior to my arrival there. And then he chooses to kind of move to a more traditional head coaching role and just the importance of the coordinators and, and the importance of the staff. And when I came out of that, like, you know, I, I talked to him a couple of times afterwards and, that was something that came up in our conversations. And I just thought that was such a, such a mature, such a professional way to look at it. And I just, I can't wait for him to get another opportunity because I think guys that are self-aware like that um, are, are guys that deserve opportunities that always have that student mindset. And so obviously I have nothing but great things to say about Dan Quinn and how he handles and how professional he is, the relationships he builds with the players and also his self-awareness and his, and his continued desire to learn. So I think, I, again, that's one of the reasons I get so excited that he's, 
interviewing here because I think um, he's a special person for sure. That makes a lot of sense. But if you were hiring, it's, I mean, it doesn't mean you would hire him over Ben Johnson. Like you're an offensive minded guy. I mean, who would you hire? Yeah. So I think that's a good question. I think the thing that I keep coming back to is like, this is more, this head coaching role is more than X's and O's, right? And I think Mike Tomlin and his role with the Steelers is a perfect illustration of that. A head coach is a guy that's got to inspire the team, got to manage the team, got to build the identity for the team. And um, and I think that's something that you can't really determine having not played for some of the guys. Like, obviously, I played for Dan. I know what he brings. I played for Raheem. I know I'm so excited for the Atlanta Falcons that they have him as their head coach now because he has a lot of the same qualities as Dan Quinn. But one of the things about the interview process is maybe someone gets in there and you're like, man, this guy really understands his vision for the team, his vision for this organization. He understands the relationship between the coach and the GM, and he has an identity. And I think that's one of the reasons a guy like Dan Campbell, who I think is a very smart football guy, has had so much success in Detroit is because he's got this clear vision of who he wants the team to be, the type of guys he wants in the locker room. And I think that that to me can only be determined through the interview process. So yes, I would probably lean offense. I think Ben Johnson is a great candidate just based on his resume but, you know, I would want to be in that meeting room with the ownership group, with Adam Peters, talk with that guy, see his passion, see his vision, see his focus, and, and whether it's right for – whether whether he's impressive in that regard. And so that's why I'd say, like, it's hard for me to say exactly, but obviously I'd probably lean offense uh, just because of my background. He's Logan. We're Grant and Danny. You're listening to the fan. All right, there's a lot of time between now and the draft. And until they hire a coach, it's hard to even know, you know, which way they go. But I just do want to get a first blush thought from you having, I don't even know if you've broken it down. I know you're watching receivers and tight ends at this point. The quarterbacks at the top, though, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, the conversation's kind of begun in earnest this week. I mean, I don't want to lead the witness here and give you any of our opinions, but what do you think about number two picking a quarterback if Caleb Williams is gone? Yeah, so I think if Caleb Williams is gone, I would probably lead uh, Daniels at this point. And people say, oh, why is that? He's got one good year. And I just think when you watch him this year, when you watch the Alabama game, when you watch the Florida game, you're just like, man, this dude is special. He's a special athlete. You know, he was he does some stuff athletically that's very unique to him. Um, he presents conflicts for defenses. And when you look around the NFL, especially in the playoffs, you've got a whole bunch of playmakers at the position. You know, you've got – Josh Allen, you've got Patrick Mahomes, you've got Lamar Jackson, and I don't think it's a coincidence that those guys are pretty consistently in the playoff picture and in terms of what they can do athletically. And then people say, well, what about him as a thrower? And I was super impressed, I thought, especially in those games. I mean, those are the, the, the potential, right? He's making tight window throws. He's throwing with anticipation. Obviously, he's throwing to two of the best receivers in the draft. Monique, Malik Neighbors is sick. Brian Thomas Jr. is awesome. He's got great playmakers, but so did Joe Burrow. So, I just look at what he did this year and compare it to Drake May, and I think to myself, like, Daniels was significantly better as far as football player goes this year. But it's important to remember that, like, it's a projection business, right? You know, Drake May, how does he project? How does Daniels project? And I just think to myself, like, if I was the GM as of today, and obviously I still got to watch a lot more film and and to kind of flush out this decision, I think to myself, like, I I would kick myself if Jane Daniels actualized that potential in the NFL, and I passed up on it because I wanted to take the safe pick in, uh, in May. And so uh, that's kind of my thought right now, and I, and I reserve the right to change that as we move forward in the process. But um, 
as of whatever today's date is, I'm I'm a pretty staunch supporter of uh, Jaden Daniels for that second overall pick. What makes you nervous about each guy? Talking about May and Daniels. Yeah, so Daniels, you know, he's a little bit of a slight build. He's 200 pounds. He's 6'4", and he, the, I thought he got better with this as the year went on, but he does take some big shots. There, It was some inconsistency earlier in his career where you're kind of like, this guy is probably a fourth, fifth-round pick, a developmental guy. He has this meteoric rise in LSU. I kind of like that in terms of seeing a development from a player, but I also it also makes me nervous. Um, I also think, you know, the thing about May that really stuck out to me is, kind of some of the stuff that I saw with Sam Howell, you know, a good, a, a really, really good 2022. And then a very kind of mediocre 2023, you see some of the arm talent, you see some of the big time throws, but you also see some of the difficulties handling pressure. You also see some of the difficulties with accuracy. You see some of the difficulties with consistency and those things, and they make me really nervous. And I thought Jane Daniels was just a little bit more consistent this year. Again, he's got his warts. He's got his blemishes. Everyone does. But I just felt I, the tape makes me feel better about Jaden Daniels. Now, we might get an interview process in the draft, and we might figure out that, you know, one of them, you know, can't read or something like that. And, again, like then that would obviously color and change my decision, uh, you know, negatively if that's the case. But um, I think as of right now, just based on the film, the, the list of concerns with Jaden Daniels does not outweigh what I saw from the tape this year, unlike, what, unlike Drake May. And to be clear, Logan doesn't think Drake May can't read a book. He's saying that, that just just to be clear, that was a totally hypothetical. Right, he's totally saying hypothetical. Yes, Drake May might not be able to read a defense or, or whatever the yes. case might right. be. Uh, Logan Paulson on Grant and Danny. All right, before we let you go, really quickly, we got two games on Sunday. Who do you got winning those games? Man, I'm really excited for those games. I think I'm going to go Baltimore in that Kansas City Baltimore game. I think that defense and Lamar Jackson are just going to be too much for Kansas City. I just if it, this sounds really crazy to say. I just don't have the confidence that Kansas City is going to be able to score enough points in that game. I think, I think that Baltimore defense is playing lights out. I think the secondary is playing awesome. I think uh, McDonald does a great job creating, uh, you know, these free runners in these zone uh, blitz packages. So really excited for that. And I think San Francisco, Detroit, I'm probably going to lead San Francisco. I think they are there in terms of construction. The teams are so similar, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, look at their tight ends. They're both from Iowa. Like they have, you know, Panay Sewell, Trent, they're so similar in terms of construction. So I think what's the difference between the two sides? And it's a defense. And I think the 49ers defense is a legitimate, you know, top seven defense in the NFL. And I don't think the Detroit Lions are there right now. So I think, um, I think they're going to win. Uh, San Francisco is going to win because of the defense. And I think right now, Baltimore just seems like the big dog on campus and no one's going to be able to hang with them. So. Logan, I want you to enjoy the weekend, but but don't enjoy it like food wise. Save up for the Super Bowl. Like don't waste your year's treats on that. Yeah. Like on this coming Sunday, save it for the big day where you can have like maybe a grain of sugar or something like that to poison your body because you need like a few weeks to recover. You know, I think that's a great point. Yeah. Thank you for thank you for that insight. Looking so, out for you. Always appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> have a good weekend, brother. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Not my real brother, although people don't know that. Uh, there was a, a couple of dudes at the Capitals game. My buddy overheard. Like, that's Grant Paulson. His brother played tight end for the Redskins a bunch of years back. It's like, nah, man. Mm. My brothers are Sean and Ryan. And Logan. Neither of them played for the Commanders or the Redskins or the football team. Oh, you know what it is? It's a, it's a half-brother. It's a step-brother. Like the movie about step-brothers. It is weird that we're not related and our, our name is the same. I know that's a strange thing for not a particularly common name, but it just is what it is. You should just claim it, though. I, Would he I, have a problem with you claiming it? When it helps me, I claim it. There you go. You know, if, if it ever helps me, I claim it for sure. Like, 
are you related to Logan Paulson? Why do you ask? Well, I was, I like Logan Paulson. I was going to give him to them. Then yes, I yes, am. I am. Uh, let's win off the field next. What little mini moral victory in your day has gone well for you that nobody else would care about? 800-636-1067. You want to hop in on G&D? Football Friday on Grant and Danny. Beltway Blitz at 4, 11 minutes from right now. That is when we're giving away the last pair of tickets that we will be gifting to a listener this week for next Friday night, one week from now. Our live 106.7 The Fan event. going to be a blast. But before we give those tickets away, at 4 o'clock it is time to win off the field. You call us at 800-636-1067 and you tell us what went well in your day that nobody else would care about? We call it winning off the field. We're winning off the field, but we got to start winning on the field. Just our way of counting up uh, all our little wins. All Just the little ones. Little blessings. How about this one? Oh. As a radio program, uh-huh. myself, Danny Ruye, mm-hmm. Ryan Clary, Garris mm-hmm. Dammer, mm-hmm. we all put down some shirts with buttons on them. Here we go. We're going to go eat Italian tonight at a delicious Hall of Fame caliber restaurant in Washington, D.C. to uh, enjoy fellowship and be merry. And we're going to eat until we're content. We're going to leave there very full, fat, and happy. Therefore, we are. Winning off the field. So in preparation for that, mine's related to yours, um, I was trying not to eat a big lunch. I want to eat some breakfast just to expand the stomach, have a snack, leave myself starving so when I walk in there, I put on a display. No leftovers. That's the idea. Okay, no one's taking anything home. I'm eating it all right there. I needed a little something around 11.20 or 20 if you listen to JB and Beamage. I didn't think I had anything. I was like, am I going to a handful of peanuts? What am I going to do? Do I, I don't, I can't want any candy. What am I going to do? I couldn't find anything. In the back of that cupboard, there was one loose, lone protein bar. Mm. And from my pack of protein bars, I thought they were all gone. I thought that was it. The bonus protein bar. It's not like finding money in your pocket. It's like finding a protein bar in the cupboard. But I did find the protein bar in the cupboard. Therefore, I am. Winning off the field. Brian is in Herndon. Brian, how are you winning off the field? Hey, Brian. Grant, dinner. Happy Friday, buddies. You as well, sir. Hey, good. Have fun at your dinner tonight. Sounds great. Um, So, yeah, so I uh, both my boys play youth basketball. Coach them in youth sports. And... I haven't had a Saturday, like, you know, something to look for, like a, a, a Saturday, if you will, to look forward to in quite some time because my boys' games are, you know, one's at 9 o'clock in the morning, the next one's at 3 o'clock, right? Totally. So, yeah, you, you get me, Danny. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to be done with youth basketball tomorrow by 1030 in the morning, which means I'll have the rest of my entire Saturday to do whatever I want with whoever I want. Therefore, I am. Winning off the field. That sounds amazing. Now, are you going to be given a bunch of tasks, do you think? Uh, no, I don't think so. My wife, she's a big supporter of the sports, and she comes to all the games. And, you know, usually after the games, we'll go grab a bite to eat and just kind of veg out and enjoy the rest of our Saturday. So, I'm, just, you know, I have no idea what we're going to do, but we're going to do something fun. I, I can't wait. Love Look it. at this guy. Good for you, Brian. Though, when those things line up, it's perfect. Oh, that's the best. It's very rare that it happens because well, it's usually either they're at the same time and, like, no one can get a ride or they're, like, four hours apart, just enough time not to do stuff. Lazy Saturday. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm trying to do tomorrow? Hmm. I get off of 
I'm on the air from 10 to noon, BetQL, CBS Sports Radio, mm-hmm. done at noon. There's a Monster Jam show at Capital One Arena at 1 o'clock. I'm trying to take Nooms to see Monster Jam because he's all fired up. He's yeah. asked me about it every day. But I looked online. I'm going to get tickets or whatever. Uh-huh. Ticket fees are asinine. Yep. So I called up a buddy, and he gave me an idea. He's like, why don't you go to the box office? You don't have to buy ticket fees. And I was like, I don't even think about that anymore. It's such an antiquated way to do it. But I guess you could just show up at Capital One Arena day of, and I could just get that's wild Monster Jam tickets for me and my boy to go watch Monster Jam. But do you think it's going to sell out? Like, if I bring him into D.C., we walk into the box office, is there any chance they're like, no tickets for you? Not for you, buddy. Yeah, I so we Maybe I, do they scalp? Can I get scalper tickets? I'm at that sure. Point? I feel okay. like anytime there's anything that they're scalped. Yeah. But I was asked specifically, will you take your kids to the Monster Jam? They really want to go. And then the youth sports calendar came out. I'm like, I can't. There's a game right during the Monster Jam. Who wanted to go? Your children? The wife wanted me to take the boys. No way. Yeah. She's like, you need to take them. And I'm like, ah, sorry. Yeah. I think there's like an 88% chance we're going to be at Monster Jam tomorrow at like one o'clock. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Rich and Only. Hey, Rich, how are Richard. you? What's going on, boys? How are you doing today? Good morning. Congrats on the ratings. Much deserved. You guys know that, of course. Hey, thank you, pal. This seems to be kind of a theme with the uh, youth sports today. My uh, my son's got his indoor soccer game, and such a dagger. It was a 5.30 start time, Ooh. which is just egregious for a mm. Sunday. Mm-mm-mm. And then we get a call from the, uh, the good old Sports Flex in Rockville, and they said, can we reschedule you guys to 11 a.m.? There's been a, an issue. Yes, please. Thank you. Therefore, I am. Winning off the yeah, field. Sure can. Patrick Mahomes against the Ravens. That's the issue. That's a conflict right there, dog. You, you can't just have people watching youth sports yeah. on a Sunday in the middle of the AFC Championship. Not thrilled about it. With all due respect. Darius, what do you got? Uh, so I got two, actually. Uh, one, I'm going to Philomena with my with my fellowship here. Oh. I'm excited about that. Now, yeah. according to J.P. Finley, I'm underdressed and look like a slob, so I'll probably have to meet you guys there at 745. By the way, that's, that's stuck in Darius's crawl all afternoon, <laughs> by the way. I'd be Rick, too. <laughs> For people that don't know, J.P. meant nothing by it, but it was tough shrapnel. So JP uh-huh. was like, "Oh, Danny looks amazing. Ryan, you look amazing. I'm assuming Grant and Darius are changing. Have other shirts now. I am going to change. I'm wearing it, my undershirt, basically. Uh-huh. I'm not even an undershirt guy, but I'm wearing a t-shirt. It's hot as hell outside. Yes, it is for the record. But I do have a shirt, like a long sleeve uh, Under Armour thing. I'm wearing. But Darius was sitting in the shirt he's wearing tonight, just ready to go. It's a short sleeve dress shirt." Which is the difference? You know, I, I guess it's it's a short sleeve button down. Yeah, exactly. For eighty degree weather, which is what we're in. I don't own any short sleeve button downs. Not joning. I, I mean, they're they're just. I I think it's a tougher look for us larger guys. It's it, the short sleeve button down a little bit, right? But he's he's in a dress shirt. Okay, it's a it's a button down dress shirt. Yeah. Darius didn't know he's gonna catch even more shrapnel right now from Danny. But here's the point. I guess of the, it came out bad. Here's the point of the dude's story. I piled on my fault. Is JP was like. And Darius, I'm guessing, is still going to change because you guys are dressing up for dinner, right? <laughs> and Darius is not going to change. He's just wearing his outfit. But you know this, and I'll speak in our behalf. We could wear the exact same outfit as these two. Danny pretends to be skinny on the radio for some reason that I'm not really sure because then people always come up to us and they're like, Danny, you're not heavy. Why do you say you are? And I'm just sitting there, and they don't say that to me. Yeah. But he's yeah, Danny, still- why do you say that about yourself? Yeah. But anyway, some, hi, Grant. But for some reason, he always says it. It pisses me off to no belief because now I deal with this at every appearance. But it's fine. I make my own decisions. I'm a fat person. But like, he's like, us fat guys. And then everyone's like, Danny, you're not that fat. 
You set a low bar, you can clear it. uh, What should I pretend to be doing? I'll go get a drink. Maybe I'll order some food because I'm so fat. Would you look at my Uh, phone? But anyway, you should keep pretending to be fat all the time. And then Ryan is is like freaking gorgeous now. I mean, it's unbelievable. So then it's me and you. So my point is we could wear the same thing as like Ryan. We're just not going to look the same. Right, of course. Right. It, you know, it is what it is. He just, but, uh, I mean, but he did not mean anything by it, obviously. I'm sure he didn't. But regardless, I'm going to Philomena, so therefore I am. Winning off the field. And then my other one is that uh, uh, earlier this week, I went to, uh, as a fat guy, one of my fa- <laughs> favorite establishments, oh, God. <laughs> Taco Bell. Uh, went through the drive-thru, got one of my favorite things ever. What Mountain Dew Baja Blast Freeze. Yep. Absolutely love that thing. That's what I ordered, at least. I get to the window, they gave me the blueberry, the blue raspberry version. Oh. And I was like... Hey, this is this is not the one I ordered. I I got the Mountain Dew one. He said, "Keep that," yeah, and then gave me the Mountain Dew Baja Blast yep, Freeze as well. So I had to. Therefore, good I am winning off the field. Good for you. Uh, everybody's good. We got him out of the way. Clear. Winning off. I'm the fat field? apparently. So is that? No, you're not. Damn it! Come on. I'll be there at 7:45 after I change. Thanks, JP. You're gonna go buy a whole new wardrobe. He's gonna go to Men's Warehouse and come in, in a brand new suit. Get get fitted. Uh, it is time for our Blitz next, and we got those tickets to the 106.7 The Fan live event. You can come see how fat I am and how not fat Danny is. And then when we're standing next to each other, make sure you come up and be like, Danny, you're not as fat as you say you are. Hey, Grant, how are you, man? You do that if you want. Grant and Danny on The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.